Welcome to episode nine. Yes, yes. Season two of the Rap Writers Show. All right. This is one of your hosts, Dan. I'm here with Eric, Reed, Manny, and special guest. Oh, Kaz. Yes, I'm the special guest. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm still like, fuck, I gotta find my phone. We appreciate you joining us in this traumatic moment. It's all good. It's all good. We're good. Ah, do you what's catch, up, guys? Hey, <laughs> do you want to just catch the listeners up on, on what you're going through right now? Yo, literally, all right, so boom, I had like the longest day, and I was like, all right, fuck, let me knock out this fucking podcast, shit like that. And I had my phone in the Uber, literally as soon as I got out the fucking Uber and came in here, I'm like dapping people, and I go to do my, my usual sit-down check, my phone while it's keys, mm. and I had my work phone, didn't have my fucking regular phone, so that, I left that shit in the goddamn Uber. But thankfully for find my iPhone, uh, motherfucker on twenty second and third. Yeah, I'll find you. Him as we speak. Very so, yeah, exactly. Special set of skills. God damn, I have a special set of skills now, all right? Yeah. Shit. Shout out to find my iPhone. Fuck yes. Uber. Yes, sir. Yeah, because fuck Uber, Uber shit. We find it. Shit, yeah. <laughs> um. Cool. So, this is a rapper to show the show that no one asked for, where writers talk about rappers. Um. I guess, Kaz, let's start with sort of where you're at in your career. I know you've had an interesting trajectory. You've been different things at different times, a writer, a curator. Yeah. Um, how do you identify now at this point in your career and sort of what was your trajectory like? To Just the guy. Where you're at? Just the guy. <laughs> Just the guy, cool. no. Uh, I mean, I, I started my career in uh, rap writing, rap journalism uh, over at The Source magazine. I was over there for about four and a half years, started as an intern, made my way up to staff writer, officially editor. And uh, after that, I served as editor over at Hip Hop Wired for a year and change. After that, I went to Translation and launched Stashed with Steve Stout and, uh, and his agency. Did that for another four years. Uh, after that, I spent a year at Bleacher Report. Did some you know stuff for their Snapchat Discover as well as a number of other miscellaneous things. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, now I'm over at uh, World Wrestling Entertainment as a member of creative uh, member of the creative team. Nice over there. Um, also, I have a podcast called Flagrant Two, No Easy Buckets, with uh, Andrew Schultz and Akash Singh. It's like sports comedy, just like three idiots just shooting the shit about life and whatever. And sometimes you talk about sports. That's nice um, say yeah, Palooza. Uh, me and my friends traveling party and with alcohol and debauchery, but music and artists and you know it's become like a cultural staple mm-hmm. and uh congrats on that forbes look man thank yeah. you man appreciate that it was shout a good look julian mitchell nice. yeah shout out to all things mitch the god julian nice uh i did a panel with him like a couple years ago i think at a brooklyn hip-hop festival i think uh, and he was it was like me him deray and uh uh jinx uh nice. brandon over at um revolt now um and uh, I'm the head of content at Station Head as well now. So uh, putting talent together and creating that whole look for that app and just trying to change the way people are consuming and streaming music. So, oh, What is Station Head? Uh, Station Head is a uh, social music streaming app. So um, if you listen to the, the new Kanye album when it first dropped, it premiered on that app. And uh, Raekwon as well. He's an investor in that. Kevin Lyles, 300. Um number of other artists have uh created stations there but basically what it is is like it gives the power of broadcasting uh music back to the people mm-hmm. so um you know you can literally create a radio station right from your cell phone and uh the beauty of it is that you can become um you know whether you're an artist an influencer just a regular dude you know what i'm saying like i'm hoping it becomes what Twitch was for video games, you mm. know what I'm saying? And the beauty of it is we've cut deals with Apple and Spotify. So literally each time, you're not just playing a song, every time you play it, it counts as a stream like to oh. whatever artist is on your station. So, oh. you know, it gives the artist incentive to like support it because we're not just playing songs because we play it, we're playing it, you know, constantly. And, you know, it's uh, it kind of helps it helps the artist as well. And mm. that's, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So anything you could do to you know, create something and still, you know, give back to artists in some way, shape or form, you know, that's, uh, that's what it's all about. Nice. Cool. 
Um, so you I hope were, that wasn't too wordy. That was perfect. No. That was perfect. <laughs> I feel like the intros just get better and better as the season goes on. Uh, but you were maybe inadvertently in a Twitter spat that Eric had with Wale recently. Oh God! Yeah, uh, I don't know if you know I know that, that wasn't that your was, fault. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> but you, you said a really smart thing, which is like, if you're not a part of the culture, like you don't have to be. But you know, you're someone that kind of transitioned out of it, but you still yeah. care a lot about it. So how do you? Yeah, think absolutely, about that? man. I still, I mean, I still consider myself part of the culture, but. You you know, uh, we all we all we all grew up in hip hop media. We know where it's going. We know, mm-hmm. you know, every week we hear of a new publication either shutting down or laying people off. And mm-hmm. you know, I love the culture as much as I did eight, ten years ago. But I also have these things called bills and taxes <laughs> that need to be paid. So, um, but I mean, the beautiful thing about that is I could take that love of the culture and bring it to so many other things, like. Uh, Bleach Report, like a stashed, like Duce Palooza, like WWE, like Flagrant 2, you know what I'm saying? So no matter what I do, I'm always going to be associated with that. And uh, I think that's a good thing. You know, I never want to leave that behind me. And, um, you know, I, I try to stay in, uh, you know, try to stay in the mix and you know, I may not be at as many open bars as I used to be, but I still, <laughs> <laughs> I still so many, keep my them. keep my eyes open. Right. So, do you think being like solely a rap writer is probably not the best best move? I mean, financially, probably. Not. I mean, it, it all depends, though. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to shit on anybody who who loves, you know, this culture and and loves uh, making a living by writing, you know, about hip hop. But um, you know, it's. It's just going in a different direction, and it's been going in a different direction for a long time, you know. And uh, there just aren't as many places that house, uh, you know, that many rap writers anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? There's not even fully rap publications anymore. You know what I mean? Like, everything's just kind of gone the way of, you know, taking it to Fader or taking it to Rolling Stone or taking it to mainstream publications. And even those mainstream publications that you think are doing so well aren't really doing that well either. You know what I'm saying? So they're just they're just kind of grasping at straws at this point. You know what I'm saying? So um, in, in that vein too, like it could be worse. You could be like a rock writer. <laughs> like you could be like <laughs> right, yeah. a folk music a writer. Which is like a du- yeah, exactly. Like you write, <laughs> write about oh, reggaeton. Shit, like that's yeah. not, you know, like you can still make like a, a semblance of a living, but it's Dumb just. Specialist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like just the days of, you know, uh, just completely leaning on that without, you know, having other things to, to, to lean on, which I mean by that. Like having your own platform, you know what I mean. Like, like it's funny because like Rob, like Rob Markman is a really good friend of mine, and he he runs Genius, and I still kind of look at him as the same Rob from Double XL. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Like, so it's like just because he has his hat in a whole bunch of different things, I, he still has that fucking you know that that credence of being like a dis- definitive voice in the culture. So that's kind of what that's kind of what I mean. I, I don't mean that you can't just you know you can't have that that hunger to write about hip hop and not, you know, get paid off it. I just think right now you got to be able to do other stuff besides that. How do you balance everything? Cause I feel like you do a, a lot of stuff and a lot of creative stuff. Um, so like curiously, like how do you make sure you put your best effort and everything? Um, you know, I, I definitely like to, uh, I don't do anything that I feel like would be forced. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, I always tell people, like, the only thing that I did differently than a lot of people is get paid for stuff I would do for free anyway. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, y'all y'all know how much I love wrestling this entire time, and, you know, that, that kind of happened. And, you know, on my days off, I get to go and play music and be a fake DJ and, you know, host a show about new music over at Station Head and groom other people to become hosts over over there. And then one weekend out of the month, we hit a random town and throw Duce Palooza. And it's like, and you go getting paid to go party with your friends and, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And throw on a show and maybe a, an artist comes out and performs, you know what I'm saying? So uh, the way I balance it is, I would say I just, uh, I, I, try, I try to stay in shape mm-hmm. very well. Like I take my health very seriously. Now I do, cause before I was just kind of like winging it mm-hmm. and, you know, still kind of like, getting smacked and you know partying and all this stuff and I'm, I'm sure you could do that every once in a while but it's definitely not conducive to trying to do a million things and be good at all of them at the same time mm. what did that look like when you were struggling with it let's say you had like five six different things and you were like 
definitely this shit is falling by the wayside. Definitely yeah. this writing assignment is totally not on my, yeah. my view. Uh, I don't, I'm not really sure how it looked like. It definitely, uh, it definitely took a toll on me, like, just, like, mentally, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, I feel like I, I'm, I want to be good at everything. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, all these people, you know, when you're growing up, everyone kind of tells you just, like, pick one thing and do that well. And that's, that's fine, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I did that well for a long time, you know what I'm saying? So... I'm just like, you know, why not? Why not try all these other things? Why not try and, you know, be successful at, you know, a number of things that, you know, require your brain and creative, you know, prowess, you know what I'm saying? So um, I, it's it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a learning curve, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't just kind of, like, figure out this, high, this whole thing in one day, you know what I'm saying? I, it definitely took some bumps and bruises, but... Um, you know, it's all about just kind of telling yourself and, and kind of psyching yourself up to be like, okay, like how bad do you really want to be successful? How bad do you really want to make your mark on all these different things and, you know, become, you know, whatever it is that you want to become in the future, you know? So, uh, I hope that answered the question. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that was. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you ever learn under anybody? Like, do you have like a mentor? Several, several, man. Uh, when I was at the source, uh, Amy Andrews, who's a great, great woman. She's one of the for her and Mecca, uh, not Mecca Two Dope Boys, Mecca, uh, the other Mecca, who's all all hip hop. Mm -hmm. Those -E are the MECCA. Yes, MECCA. Uh, those are the two people that I kind of like was under their wing for a while when mm -hmm. I first first like fresh out of college still up behind the ears didn't know what the fuck I was doing those are the two people that really uh um was under my wing and uh and combat jack like before mm -hmm. he even was um at the source he was just somebody I confided in because we, we both didn't really fuck with Londell McMillan and <laughs> he was like <laughs> and there'll be times where I was just like going nuts like yo I can't fucking work on this guy yada yada I was young and fucking f full of energy and I was like oh these motherfuckers know what they're doing nah, nah, nah. and he would always kind of like you know that's the beauty of Twitter like he used to just kind of like DM me and be like oh you know how's it holding up yada 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 shoot me a text and all this other stuff and we talked for for a while and then, like, I kind of, like, in a roundabout way, convinced them to come work at the source because I was like, dude, if we just had someone like you here, man, we could we could bring this shit back. We can really, you know, we could save the culture and yada, yada, yada. And um, it worked. <laughs> and he came and became a managing editor. And uh, with him, you know, he just kind of taught me how to just be a better professional. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he taught me how to just, you know, he, it wasn't really so much about learning how to write, but it just kind of, like, how I carried myself and... Um, just, just being like a dignified dude and just, you know, letting me know that all the shit I was feeling wasn't you going crazy. This is all normal shit. And uh, especially in this industry, cause he was, he's been around it forever. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, he was definitely one of those guys as well. Um, you know, when it came to rap writing. Nice. Um, I've always been curious and I don't know if this is like a dark path for you to, to talk about, but mm. what happened with the stash? Um, and well, if you could just explain for people that don't know what that is. And, and well, the stashed was a uh, publication that I. Well, here's the thing: when I first got to translation, um, you know, Steve Stott had made several attempts at creating a publication under that umbrella um, for the agency, and it didn't work because they were he was trying to get people within the agency to start it, and then somebody convinced him just by, like, hey, you need to just go find somebody who's already doing this and let him run it. And then um, that's where they brought me on. And, um, you know, the stash was just something I created with, uh, you know, a number of super talented people, Nate Santos, uh, Danny, who's over at Netflix, um, you know, uh, Ben from, uh, you know, Ben's one of the most talented film writers there is, you know what I'm saying? Um, Denitha. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, just endless amount of people who kind of came through those doors. So you were able to just build like a dream team of people you wanted to work with. Yeah, man, like in the in the in the great way, there was some dream pe dream team people already there, mm. and it was, took me just kind of like finding some people in the rough because we didn't have a crazy budget, but you know, we still had people who were very like passionate, and uh, it was. 
I always tell people, I'm like, you know, if Stash was born maybe like four years earlier, it could have been like the biggest shit ever. You know what I mean? Because we kind of came in guns blazing, still kind of late, and we're like, fuck, we're just gonna come here and just fuck everything up. Mm-hmm. And for a number of years, we did, man. Like, just with it grew from just a really cool, you know, couple of videos to a cool site to a cool editorial spot, to a cool magazine, to a cool podcast network, to a cool fucking merch store, and then all this other shit, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it was, like, right at the tail end of where we're at now, where, like, just not just hip-hop media, but media in general is really changing. And, uh, you know, we kind of, I kind of saw the writing on the wall uh, as the budget started decreasing, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And... Uh, it wasn't nothing personal with, with Stout or any of those guys. Like, it was just, I, I understood. Like, I, I, I was brought here to do something, and now that this thing isn't here, there's really no reason for me to be there anymore, yeah. you know? So that's kind of what that was. But, um, you know, I, I'm super-duper proud of the stash, man. Like, the stash was something that... That's great. Yeah, it was something that, like, I really was like my dream like yeah. just you know since i was like a kid like i wanted my own source i wanted my own double xl and that's every and that, kid's dream that, yeah. that engages with that kind of publication yeah man yeah it was, man it was like those publications were like redefined you know like yeah for the modern era that's that's what i wanted to do man i wanted i wanted to make big fucking pages and big bold images yeah, like and like format paper too, yeah right? man yeah. it was heavy and we got to spend stout's money to do it which was awesome <laughs> and, yeah, uh, OPM. yeah and right. uh and it, and you know for a while it was one of those things where stout was like dog i don't even care if it makes money like i just want it to i just want to do something good for the culture and i was like cool but we should probably <laughs> make some money with this too <laughs> so uh we kind of got there we got kind of got to that party late and then um you know it is what it is now i think it's a store in san francisco that uh stout still kind of runs and owns or whatever and uh you didn't like kanye at the stash or something like that yeah he did yeah i guess because he went to the store and uh they did like something with like the yeezys or whatever and you know it's 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 not a dark place it's not a it's not a sore spot it's definitely just a Man, you know what I mean? What, <laughs> like, yeah, what it could have like, been. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, one of those what it could have sure. been things, man. It's like, if he would have, I feel like if Stout would have called me, like, the moment he had the idea to do something like that, like, years before and not have those stop starts, then it could have been, like, fucking, like, Fader or Complex and one of those things, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, especially with somebody like him backing it financially. It, it's still, it probably still would have been running to this day, but, you know, it is what it is. You live and you learn. Yeah. You get lugs. <laughs> we'll stop you there because that's going to transition to our next topic. We're okay. going to take a quick music break with um, Reed's song. What is it? Dijon? I think we're just going to use this as a little music oh, break. Right, okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. What song is it? I'm afraid I might forget. What if the good memories start to fade out? Things change, yeah But I can flash as a home now and then In my head Do you remember my civic? Dark green, dark green With ten seeds, ten seeds yeah. In no way see, yeah I had a wide angle smile and a mouth full of gold Candy eyes and a lost burning break down the road through Carolina Carolina, 
photograph, all faded and bunched. I had a camel hat, leaning on a red truck, on Nico's red truck. He moved to Baltimore City, then he moved to Philly. If we don't speak much, the life has been so busy. I can't keep nice. it. Right. Shout out to Shaq West for that one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the Shaq West B side. <laughs> um, all right. So I feel like uh, what we we're talking about kind of seamlessly transitions into our topic of the day, which is. Drum roll. Are modern music publica- uh, publications viable anymore? Uh, uh, and. Okay. Uh, I guess as agencies kind of start to break into this world, so I think about. Stash is like an early example. Mm. I think about Cycle. I even think about United Masters now. Um, we were talking about Fader and Cornerstone and sort of that whole thing. Mm. Uh, so I guess I'll just throw it around the room as you were reading that Fader thread by who's the writer? Will Bundy. Will Bundy. Oh, Bundy. Sure. Isn't that the murder? Ted Bundy. <laughs> Ted Bundy. Jesus. Yeah, yeah Ted yeah. Bundy. Um, <laughs> yeah, Will Bundy. What is the the background behind a faded thread for people who don't know about it? Essentially, the dude was a writer and he was just kind of saying that as Cornerstone, um, you should summarize it better. No? Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Got it, got it. Basically, the Cornerstone side is like the, the agency, the side, agency side. And so they thought, maybe like convinced themselves that as the brand grew, they thought it was like their wins, but really it was the fader, which was always like ahead of the curve and kind of championing new artists and finding new artists. Mm-hmm. And while they grew, they didn't really like pay it back to the editorial side mm-hmm. without like putting money into it. They were always like downsizing, always downsizing the staff and the departments and shit like that. S- thinking so that the a- wins were the agency's wins, but they weren't ever oh, really okay. there. So okay. I, I guess that just leads to as agencies kind of try to become editorial brands, is that viable? Are they just seeing an opportunity because magazines are not viable anymore? Uh, speaking of somebody who's who's kind of been in that side, it was a little different for Stash because, um, you know, we wanted to be church and state over there. Like, mm-hmm. it was definitely like, don't touch nothing translation. Translation won't touch nothing Stash. And for the most part, it worked out that way. Uh, I think agencies kind of look at it as... Um, using their publication as uh, added value for their clients. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if I'm going to Cornerstone to go do some business with you, and um, not only are you going to run all these ads, and not only are we going to do all this creative content for you, hey, you get to be in this cool publication, The Fader, or Fader for or whatever. And, um, you know, a lot of a lot of these agencies just kind of use that as um, added value. So, um, you know, I think Cycle and Laundry Service kind of did something similar with, uh, you know, Beats by Dre and some Nike stuff and uh, I think ESPN for a while. And, um, you know, but the thing that was different with those brands is that Fader had more cachet than Cornerstone. You know what I'm saying? Like that was the cool part of the brand. Uh, Cycle um, was trying to build that cachet for the brands that they were working for. You know what I'm saying? Right. So mm-hmm. it was like as a new kind of outlet. It was still yeah. pretty new, right. and it, and it still and it still does similarly well. But I, I know they've they've had some some changes recently over there. But um, you know, it's uh, it's definitely one of those things that if if that took off, um, you know, like it's you're never gonna be as big as Beats by Dre. You're never going to be as big as ESPN. You're never going to be as big or as cool as like Nike or whatever. So if I'm doing business with you guys and you're saying, oh, and we're going to do some stuff through Cycle. And it's like, all right, well, what Cycle? You know what I mean? And that's when, you know, you got to build it up to that. And it's done well. Like they did some really cool stuff for ESPN. They did some really cool stuff with, um, you know, on their on their online publications and, and their social media pages or whatever. Like I like Cycle. I like what they're doing over there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's just... It's editorial brands are really hard to come by right now, and especially like it's 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 a different type of content that we consume now. It's not just oh let's let's uh, write a dope article, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's about content creating. So like if you're not making dope videos, you're not making a dope show or anything that's engaging and, and is bringing people to your brand and keeping them there, then it's it's not really working out well. So it's just kind of it's looking at it with the same type of um, scope just with a different objective, you know what I mean? Like just creating something different, but it's it's the same thing. It's creating content for people to absorb, so we can sell back to other people. Right. 
Well, I guess with that, is there now a possibility for church and state for that separation? Um, because you need to make money, and and the editorial shit is not going to make money anymore. You know, you're yeah. not going to sell a magazine. Not for nothing. Like I, I honestly think like. You know, uh, and when I was at BR, we did it all the time. Like mm-hmm. there was so many, so much content that was just integrated with you know brands that we were in business with. Right. That um, you know, like it kind of depends. Like there's certain stuff yeah. that did well that didn't need that at all, and there was certain stuff that once people saw presented by blah blah blah, like you just saw that the numbers were different. You know, and um, it's. I almost think in certain certain cases it's it's better off to not separate church and state. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like it's better off. Whereas like I think Complex does it really well. It's like yeah, they're it's not super integrated. Yeah, like everything's integrated with them. It's not like oh we're doing a fucking uh, you know we're starting a new agency within the Complex. It's like no, yeah. like Complex is the agency. Create you know the content. And they create the content, sell it back, and exactly it's good. It's pimp. It's, it's good a, pimping. It's the smartest. <laughs> it's the smartest way. Yeah. I think that's like should be the future. Because theoretically, it makes sense. Like the creators who are the editorial side, yeah. that's their job. And they're probably going to have the better idea. Yeah. So allow them to create. And then the other side should be like, all right, that's good stuff. Let's present this stuff to and get the money and just yeah. keep, keep it as a spinning wheel. I mean, all business comes in, in, in swings and pendulums. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's like the pendulum swung one way and then like, pu- you know, publication started changing and writers were losing jobs mm-hmm. and then now it swung the other way and like okay now we got to fucking pivot to video make content for everything and you know we're going to lose a lot of writers but if you can create some content and kind of have a marketing eye for it you'll be good now it's going to swing to the point where it's like okay those marketing guys who weren't doing editorial and didn't understand editorial they're going to be out of jobs yeah. you know what i'm saying like they're not gonna if, if you're not somebody who can not just you know create the content and sell the content understand it you know what i mean they're gonna exactly. be like why are we doing business with you so those those suits are gonna end up losing their jobs exactly. now those fucking it's gonna swing back to where those writers that initially created the content now have the business and the, the keen eye for the marketing to not only create these campaigns motivate people to do it but have the trusting eye and word to create it for you as well so it's it's just it's just good business at the end of the day and it's to be organic because i think that that's the like for that's our job as yeah. the creators yeah so we can or i think that's what travels far more because i always feel like these agencies sometimes there's like there's a glass ceiling because sometimes the person that's giving you the money is going to demand stuff mm-hmm. and that that doesn't work all the time mm-hmm. and so if you have this perfect symmetry, this this this, this wheel, yeah, um, it's a mutual beneficial relationship. Yeah, in um, a, in a perfect world, you don't have that client demanding certain things be integrated in it because the smart marketing writer dude who's now at the head of that table already has it in there for you. Exactly, he got it already, and he's already fucking sold it to the people who's going to consume it. That oh no, this isn't a campaign. This is just cool stuff. Yeah, you like cool stuff, don't you? And then we sell that exactly. Yeah, like the, hot ones. The client yeah, recognizes exactly. Hot ones is a perfect example. Hot exactly. ones legit started as a good idea of just bro sitting down eating wings and talking about <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. Snowballs. And then it just organically got bigger. And then boom, hot ones presented by what? Bud Light, some shit like that. Yeah. And yeah. then beer, it, beer. they got their own hot sauce and exactly. shit. Like they're out of here, bro. Exactly. Sean's this is, out of here. This is a He's thing on- that music journalism is like just getting around to that other journalism has kind of been on for maybe a couple of years longer. Mm-hmm. Like Time Inc. has had a custom content division for a long time and mm-hmm. Bleacher Report and everything. So exactly. Um, when Will like tweeted this stuff, it was all true and everything, and people were, were reacting to it, but it was kind of like, Duh, like no shit. Yeah. Like that shit's been going on for a while. That's just the business plan that's that what it is now. So if they don't do it, like I don't know how they survive. I know Fader has Fader for it and they're very much uh like profits based on events and everything. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, that's like what they have to do to survive. I'm not sure how publications like Double XL who don't have that custom content stuff in there, what they're doing to to get by. So. Yeah. I have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, the, the cloud, the cloud <laughs> I have no idea how a lot of uh, I have no idea how a lot of publications are still going. To be honest, I mean, I would say that I mean the cloud just doesn't really do it anymore. No, I mean, I the cloud's overrated. <laughs> Create good stuff. Create actual, actual good things. I mean, the money was going to be there. Well, 
how many things all right so we talk about hot ones it worked out how many shitty ideas are being made day to day though where, oh, where like Adidas, where Adidas goes <laughs> to fucking whatever magazine to, yeah. in style and they're just like let's do a brand integration and they just make some horrendous series so like what is the I don't know the watering down of content if in like across the board when that shit is happening and that continues to happen until until those like smart people in suits that uh, understand marketing and editorial are like really in a well there's always it's not i don't think it's ever going to be a perfect science Mm -hmm. i think there's always going to be you know some shit that gets through the cracks but um you know i just think like consumers are getting smarter Mm -hmm. and they understand that oh this content that i like costs money you know what i'm saying like I think uh, it's going to eventually get to the point, which what we do at Flagrant 2, uh, because our, our show's so fucked up, it's really hard to get sponsors with the shit we talk about. Um, some people who, who don't like being sold anything will pay for direct-to-consumer shit. You know what I'm saying? That's why Netflix pops off. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like That's the reason why all these uh, a la carte packages for cable, you know what I mean, or, or for television, is, is working so well, because... A lot of people don't like to be sold shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if I'm, if I'm voluntarily or if I feel like I'm voluntarily finding something on my own, then that's fine. But at the same time, you know, um, you know the consumer is just way smarter now. So a lot of them will pay an extra amount of money to not be sold any shit. So um, that's that's one thing that I think could be the future of that. Like I don't know how long, for a while, I don't know how long people are going to just put up with shitty ideas <laughs> and uh you know especially in, it's it, uh, shitty ideas cost money great ideas cost money you know what i'm saying but um at the same time you never want to be that person that's uh you know putting that shit out and hope hopefully you're 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 still creating stuff that consumers and content uh you know consumers enjoy so, that was kind of a ramble i'm sorry no i think <laughs> When you're doing your uh, the Duce Palooza shit, is yeah. was there ever a thought of like we just want to throw parties without the brand? Because essentially, what you're doing is also going around and promoting the brand, which I'm sure you're getting a check for it as well. Yes, but like, was there a thought? Of, <laughs> <laughs> was there a That's thought? The of, yeah, was there a thought of just like no, like we just want to just do this organically as a non branded thing? That's just us. Well, it it was always branded. Mm-hmm. It was always Henny Palooza, oh, but right. like That's jokingly, right. you know what I'm saying? Like and. Um, you know, people don't know, like, Ducey and Rock Nation reached out to us, like, years earlier. You know what I'm saying? But we didn't think we were ready. The offer that they gave us uh, wasn't anything to really have us bastardize what we've built already to just kind of change it, you know? And um, we just kind of kept building off of that. And uh, we wanted to keep it organic. And I mm-hmm. think if we didn't keep it organic, the seamless transition into Ducey Palooza probably wouldn't have been as uh as easy to pull off you know what i mean like it definitely um i think the reason why if we would if we would have made that change earlier to do say palooza and just been like oh you know we want to you know change this thing because we're getting this check now i think we would have fa- phased out really quickly wow. mm-hmm. at the same time if we fucking uh if we wanted to keep it organic and just kept doing what we were doing this whole time I think that would have phased out really quickly. Exactly. Too. Right. Yeah. You know there's a saying? ceiling for that. Yeah. There's yeah. a ceiling that you can only go so far with something right. where you got to eventually evolve. And that's kind of what we did with that. I feel like that's the key to it because it has to make sense. Yeah. Like the idea was there and it was literally just, I'm having fun with my friends and we all drink Henny. Yeah. 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 So in an apartment in it, Exactly. Yeah. And so it blossomed until what it is because it was just like, this makes sense and it's growing. Let's let's make it bigger. Mm-hmm. And I th- I don't think there's anything wrong with that if it makes sense. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like a, to me, like a good idea is going to eventually grow into something bigger until a point you just be like, hey, how can we maximize this and keep it the, and keep it you know keep yeah. it organic. Absolutely. And again, it comes back to other people's money, right? And yeah, it, it, it's amazing. I'm sure there. Are I mean, things it's not it's not just do. a check. You know, what I mean, no, like I know, it's a but, partnership. With but those like guys. the value of the partnership is that you could probably go into bigger venues. You could probably get a better sound system. There's mm-hmm. there's other things that come with it, right? Yeah, I mean. You you know it's it's a partnership like i said and it's definitely not just about um you know we were, we were getting into these venues already you know what i'm yeah. saying but it's definitely a lot easier it's um you know we have it's good to have that that solid backing behind us where it's not just a bunch of kids throwing a party you know what i mean and um it's uh 
you know, it, it, it's definitely the production value goes up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just, hey, we're just doing something to, to tickle our own dicks. Now it's like, <laughs> all right, you know, we got sponsors to impress. Like, we yeah, got people yeah. every year. It's back to, you know, at the we're going back to the negotiation table at the end of this month. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's all things has gone. All things have gone well. And, you know, we have we have people who have invested money in us. They want to make sure that they're getting a return back on that. They want to make sure, hey, this is a good investment. Let's either pump some more stuff into it let's let's strengthen it let's make it bigger or let's not you know what i mean and this first year has been a rousing success so you know it, it's different things definitely change when you you know when you create that uh partnership with a entity that big you know what i'm saying so or any entity at all you know anybody who's who shells out money you want to be a good return on investment anytime uh, so these like music publications kind of being shaky now um do you have you ever thought about using Duce Plus as like a platform for new artists? Because I know you've had Cameron, you've had Wale perform. Mm-hmm. Um, you have this huge platform and crowd that yeah. come and enjoy themselves. Yeah. Has they ever thought about telling you like, hey, maybe you want to use this to showcase new artists or something like that? Yeah, as no. Part of like music discovery. Never. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, uh, we we uh, we definitely get um approached a lot about from from newer artists and. You know, and when it makes sense, you know what I'm saying? Like, when when the when the, if we strike with the iron top with certain people, like, like Young M.A. and Dej Loaf and, like, certain people that, like, right at that, had that moment where it's like, oh, they're new, but they're hot. And, you know, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be a fucking fart in church when they walk out on the stage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's not like they're here. To, the, the thing is, like, it, it's not like they're here to see you. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're here for a good time. They're here for a party. And we feel like if it's not anybody we bring out, the person we bring out only has to accentuate that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're having a good time and you're already having a good time and you leave and nobody comes out and performs, you still had a good time. But if you're having a good time and then, oh, shit, Pusha T just popped out and did a few songs, oh, now this is an unforgettable time. Whereas if you're doing a song and, you know, fucking... MC, what's his face, just fucking pops up and does a few songs he's never heard of. That could, I, that crowd could go south real fastly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, you don't want to, you know, you, our, our, we think our talent are the stars. You know what I'm saying? Like, Austin Mills is a star. Chris yeah. Styles is a star. Austin Mills, man. Low yeah. key. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. those guys are stars and like people come to see them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's no, there's honestly no need for Duce Palooza to ever become like a music a new music showcase, you know right. what I'm saying? We could build something like that, you know what I'm saying? But you don't you don't fuck with like the Big Mac. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like motherfuckers come for the Big Mac. You don't wanna be like, hey, let's fucking take off the <laughs> sesame seed bun. That's you know, you, you you give them chicken fingers, you give them other shit, but you don't touch the Big Mac. That's the franchise. Yeah. What do you think this this new kind of landscape like what kind of skills do you think it's giving People that used to just write or used to just think in, in mm-hmm. one linear mindset. I think you're a good example. Someone yeah. that diversified. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll kick it around the room. What do you guys think this kind of new world is giving? What kind of skills is it giving us? Well, you got to be. I, I say us generously, but just. Yeah. You definitely got to be. Uh, you got to be a Swiss Army knife. And that's one thing I learned like really, really early at the source. And that's what I give. I, I give source. I, I talk a lot of shit about the source, but like I give source a lot of credit for making me, um, you know, very malleable as far as being able to do a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't got a lot of money to play with. You absolutely need to be a lot uh, well-versed in everything. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, like, by the time it was, like, my first full year, maybe, like, as a staff writer, I could edit the whole magazine with my, you know, my eyes closed. I could fucking edit video. I could shoot my own shit. I could cut my own shit. I could do whatever the fuck it is I need to do to create content to go out by myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I could host the shit if, if y'all need me to. And that's what I always told people. That's what I always told my interns. That's what I always told people that worked under me. I'm like, yo, you're going to learn to do everything here. You know what I'm saying? Because one, I can't pay a bunch of people to do this. And two, you're going to need it because eventually, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're sure. If you want to write your whole life, that's great. But you know, like writing is, not, is a tool. Writing is a skill to art. It's a, it's a craft that I, I cherish and all that, but you know, it's it's a tool, you know what I mean, that you can use to learn some other shit, you know what I mean? And that's going to only make you a more complete person. It's only going to keep you um, employed. Yeah. I'd, I'd pick it off that, and I hate that fucking phrase, but <laughs> I'll say that. Um, 
it just makes you think of like things in a bigger, in like a bigger picture. Um, instead of just thinking what this can do now, think how can this last? Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like my thinking, how my thinking has evolved. Um, so if I be in a meeting and and I just say uh, I have an idea, I'm just like, all right, so how can this be built out in three years from now, or just a year from now, or just even six months from now? Mm-hmm. Where can where can this go? And what's the ceiling? And um, if there's longevity, then let's go for it. If there's something, this thing can just be like a one-off thing. And is it? Then you ask, is it worth it? And then it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's how the thinking evolved. Just mm-hmm. like how does it make sense down the line? For sure. Yeah, I think it's just like um, what you got to do to survive in this landscape. Um, I think just like looking around the room, Manny not only writing but also throwing festivals, and then Kaz doing everything, and you working on the Odell Beckham show and everything, which I don't think we've ever mentioned on here. Um, <laughs> she may not be able to. <laughs> might want to edit that. <laughs> edit that out. Um, it's all like us trying to survive in this landscape, but also I think one big thing is that we all have these traits um, that other people don't. And like being a writer, you have skills that like uh, most people don't now. So like for any new writers out there, people that are trying to get in this industry, I think the way to do it is like learn uh, how to write and go through those like first steps that we all did Mm -hmm. in magazines and everything. But then try to translate those skills to other mediums because mm-hmm. once you have those skills, um, it's just, like I said, not many skills that other people yeah. have. And if you look sure. around the industry, there's so many people that are running shit that started off as writers. You know what I'm yes, saying? Yeah. Like you got Noah who's running Urban at Def Jam, running whatever he's at Def Jam, started yeah. as a writer. Mm-hmm. Elliot running shit at Title mm-hmm. started as a writer. You know what I'm saying? Like Miss Info started as a writer. All these people who are at like the top of the industry that are like calling the shots. A lot of these people started as writers. So sometimes you got to use that tool and, you know, to, to kind of branch out into other shit. Yeah. I mean, the foundation is great, but there's also like, you know, there's still this, like this handful of music journalists that still want to be music journalists. And, for whatever reason, I feel like Pitchfork and Rolling Stone are the two places that still do good music journalism. But mm. they're not like hip-hop publications, you know? But they do no. really centri- like hip-hop-centric stories. Yeah. So it makes me think like, okay, so as 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 our like cultures, like Bibles, they've they've gone irrelevant, you know? And I mean, I, in in that case, in, in that in that sense, I don't think it's gone irrelevant. I just think it speaks to how big hip-hop's gotten. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the reason why we even had a hip-hop Bible is because nobody was covering our shit. You know what I'm saying? And now that everyone's covering our shit, the biggest publications cover our shit. And not only that, they put it at the forefront because it's popular music. You know what I'm saying? It's right. the sound of the generation. So Eventually their hand was forced that they had to yeah. cover yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's like, you know, that's why certain people are very protective of the culture because they know that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's... You know, it's the reason why we used to tell people, like, hey, go to BT Awards, go to the Source Awards, Mm -hmm. go to these places that you're celebrated, because eventually, you know, don't get mad at the Grammys when they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get mad at uh, fucking Pitchfork when they give a great album, like, a .6 or whatever the fuck. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? Like, you got to protect these entities because this shit is getting popular and it's powerful, and eventually it's going to get ate up by shit bigger than it, you know? So... People have seen it happen before in other genres, and then that's usually the case. And then you just become a, a rock writer. There you go. There you go. Full circle. <laughs> Where's the phone at? Do we know? Oh, God damn. Let's, <laughs> let's get an update on where the phone is located. Yep. It is... I'm about to just like get a yellow cab and just trace that motherfucker down. It oh, is on... Car. City bike. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's on... Damn. This, this motherfucker is, is traveling. <laughs> He's, He's on he doesn't leave the city. 52nd and 8th. God right, damn. Not too far. No, not far at all. Yeah. Not far at all. How do you get up there? Right. Yeah, uh, at least I know what's in the car, and it's not like some asshole just taking my shit. Yeah. So. You're going to look at it. It's going to be in, like, Coney Island. Oh, yeah, guys. that's my old shit. As long as it stays in Manhattan, <laughs> I'm straight. Like, I'm not mad at it, but, you know, it is what it is. Cool. Uh, we're going to get into the next segment, good or bad. Um, okay. Basically, we play songs, go around the room, decide if they're good or bad. We're going to start with you. Okay. Um, no introduction for this one. <laughs> like that.
Reed, good or bad? Come yeah. On. Classic. Come on, I used son. to uh, have a, an extended version of that where I had like a little piano intro. Oh, yeah, the, the, that? Oh, my God. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my God. I re- I always, There's no version of that song that's whack. Yeah. I resented... Um, <laughs> I've heard bad remixes of that song, for uh, sure. Yeah? Of that yeah. song, not the remixes. I mean, like, the extended mm, right, play, right, the radio right, edit, right. the fucking intro, all I, that I shit. I extended... I um, resented Entourage for years for putting that on their, one of their soundtracks of the episodes because yeah. everyone associated the that. song with Entourage. Yeah. Remember that period where every song that was on Entourage, people would... Yeah, like, shout out to Scott Venner, man. Yeah, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> he was great at what he did. Legend, yeah, so legendary Legend. Scott Venner. Song's classic. <laughs> you remember uh, Return of the Quack? <laughs> oh, <laughs> University of Oregon. They did a remix. Yeah. Oh no. Return of the Quack. Or, yeah, horrible. Truly hate horrible. That, hate oh, that school. Bad remixes. God God hate, damn. Hate, hate everything. Good about bad school. Oh, it's great, man. Return of the Quack. Yeah. No, it's, that's it's a great. perfect pop. That's a perfect record, man. Yeah. There's really not. Is. It's that record has zero fat on it. You take any part of that song. Yeah. Any little part of that song, and it's a completely different song. There's nothing. There's not a single whack second on that record. Hundred percent. It's, it's kind of dark though, right? I, I feel like I listen. Yeah, you know, right into it. It's like a. Hell, it's like a dark subject. Yeah, dog. Like <laughs> fuck. I just got out the Bing. Mm. You know what I mean? This bitch didn't think I was coming back, but I'm back. Right. Mm-hmm. But you lied to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You That's lied right. to me. It's just like one oh. long, like, fuck you. But it sounds yeah. so, that, it's fun. Isn't that music? Yeah. <laughs> that is music. Music this, is that's literally the best music. Yeah. This is like pain yeah. sounding good. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Dancing to your motherfucking misery. Exactly. I love it. Yeah, it's on your grave. Shout out uh, to Future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. We're going to get into my song. It's a, a French rap group, PNL. Oh, okay. I'm not going to try to read this title. Yeah. Je veux du N, je veux du V, je veux du G Pour des apétaraclis Igo, on est voué à l'enfer L'ascenseur est en panne au paradis C'est bloqué à bombage, je fais bicrave Dans l'escalier Président, dans le hall j'ai vu Lyon clivoté blanc On a, on a, on a, ouais Mon gars, mon gars, mon gars, je sers Du taga, taga, AVR En jaune ou en vert, nique sa mère La famille a faim, pas tant de raconter ma life, rêve de pas l'hiver. Je veux pas de câlins. Totally, totally respect it, but uh, I can't listen to like other hip hop in other languages. Yeah. It's, hard, yeah. it's hard for me to relate to it for whatever reason. Because you don't know so, what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, and I think languages have different like rhythms and mm. dialects and everything. So French is like kind of. I just wait for everybody to say men's not hot. <laughs> like German, <laughs> German hip hop really hard to listen to because it's very oh clunky God, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Some languages have different. Is that German working, rapper right now but, blowing up too? Who's mm. that? Yeah, some guy who sampled Biggie. I forgot mm. his name. It's ridiculous, but he's blowing up. There was a Russian rapper that did a cover of a uh, hustling Rick Ross. Oh, man, it blew terrifying. the fuck up. Blew up. That is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Well, said, take off your jackets. That's like a Biggie cover and a Rick Ross cover. <laughs> Eric. Um. I'm currently like curating a playlist about like Asian hip hop. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's like Korean and Chinese. So I can relate to like liking music that that I can't understand. But yeah, I don't know. I like it, but I need to maybe translate the lyrics or something. I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> look at this. Look at this. This is Yeah, that's terrifying. Oh Sounds man, good, right? this is this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is so bad. God damn. Uh, yeah, I don't that's know. Your thoughts? Mm. Yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah. Yes. Nah, that's trash. It's <laughs> <laughs> trash. The only British rapper, the uh, only rapper I like that's from the UK is Men's Not Hot. Yes. My yeah. man, Big Shock. <laughs> Big Shock. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> that's my guy, bro. Mike. Uh, uh, I'm into it. I, you know, I'm gonna put it on on like a little late night. 8 p.m. Saturday mm. vibe. <laughs> you with some, you know, a couple of people, got a couple of beers in you. Don't need to listen to the words, but feel the rhythm. Mm. PNL. It's good, like balcony music. S- sexually suggestive. I'm into that. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, cool. We'll get into uh, <laughs> we'll get into Eric's song. I don't know how to pronounce this person's name. Uh, Win. Don't nobody touch me. I'm sick of it. I don't need contact. My vision is. He won't get intimate, fly me out to where his city is, sit me on top, dog. Just like Kendrick is, I'm already riding waves, boy. The guy on my TV's the same, boy. As the one I cut off, cause he's right by my finger, and I just don't have time to save, boy. They all want the booty, I know. Predictable. Honey, go, young one, Bible. In my city is a forest, better run. Pull up in my denim and it's Sunday, viral, bingo. They do not impress me, ayy. I should teach a lesson, ayy. Just showed up at heaven's gets it up and heal
Oh, that's pretty dope. She's a, I think a white girl from Portland. Lake Oswego. Lake Lake white girl from Lake Oswego. Yeah. Shout out to Kevin Love. Okay, mm. I see. Just the rich Clay Thompson. <laughs> um, I like it. I like it. I thought it was catchy. I thought it was tight, man. I thought it was a tight record. Um, you know, uh, listen, I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't discriminate. If a little white girl can rap, if it sound good, I'm not one of those people like, oh my god, I'm like, do a slap? All right then, do a slap. Sound good. Sound Something, good. So there was a thing on Twitter today about her being Eminem's daughter, which wasn't true. So Haley J. Yeah, it's amazing. I'd love that. As a rapper. White girl rapping. That'd yeah. be great. I'd be mad at Eminem's daughter if she tried to rap. Yeah. God no. I'm like, you're, you're but what do you do if you're Eminem's daughter? Like, what? What's your career path? But that's my Eminem's thing. Daughter. It's like it's like Michael Jordan's son playing basketball. Right. It's like, well, one, you're not going to live up to your father. Yeah. yeah. Two. You're rich, nigga. Like, why the fuck? Are you, why are you trying to do? Why are you trying? Why are you trying to have a struggle career? Like, why? You know, that's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do. I'd, sh- I'd go be a botanist or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, do some shit that's not something. Do some shit that's really gonna help the world, bro. You're already rich. You don't need to get rich rapping. Fuck it. That's the review of, of when. <laughs> good song though. I like it. I like it. She sounded. Yeah, that was. It sounded good. I hate that the the local Portland paper said is Portland's next viral rap star a baby faced blonde girl from Lake Oswego. Oh yeah, that's that a is, mouthful. Nobody. Oh else. yeah, that is a horrible mm, headline right terrible. there. Producers know what they're doing, man. Yeah. Find you a little white girl like that with some rhythm yeah. and shoot it to the top. Get a record. <laughs> get a hit record. All right, real quick, we'll get into reads. This is. The 1975 this week mm. glowing about it mm-hmm. this is what like everyone said who they were listening to earl they were actually probably like listening to 1975 mm. and it's just like a very uh satisfying pop record that mm. everyone's talking about so i wanted to see what you guys thought of it in terms of that was cool that was a cool record yeah. you know what i mean i could put it on i, I could listen to it and go into the gap or what is it? What's oh, the show? You in the club? Yeah, that plays in my fucking Aeropostale or, or Abercrombie. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, it's jamming. I like this shit. I was actually at the grocery store when he said it, it was good, and then I listened to it while I did groceries, and it felt good. Yeah, yeah. there you go. It's yeah. a def- I like them. It's a day. The def- it's a daytime record. Yeah, I'm, I'm a good. I'm. I love. I love chore music. Hey, mm, chore music is that. tight. You know, what I mean, like songs that I can play time. while I'm like yeah. just fucking. Do- yeah, muff. Yo. We coined it right here first. Yo, the motherfucker that goes platinum doing chore music. Hundred. I think they just did it. out of here. Yo. <laughs> that is yeah. just facts. Just yeah. music that you play when you're just running chores, man. Just exactly. doing shit like vacuuming the house, <laughs> Something like fucking high folding energy. clothes. Not, yeah. you know, not too high, but not, not too low. Yeah. Just right there in the middle. It's just, just a, it's just the nice so energy just that you need to get you through your chores, bro. Straight. Yeah, it's beautiful. Go. Just gotta do your laundry. Twelve o'clock noon. That's such a wash genre. Yeah, but it's such a thirty plus genre, right? <laughs> Got a TV mute. Oh yeah, you know, like making breakfasts and also running ant, or also cooking, you know, cooking up emails. I like Definitely that. Definitely no pants on. Oh, hundred percent. Draw, no draws on. is out. <laughs> <laughs> draws have made an appearance. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, last song of the night: uh, Meek Mill Championships. Oh yeah, Meek Mill. <laughs> Say something, cause I'm the one with the reach. Young and got a quarter ounce, he 
trying to turn into me. Ain't had no daddies, had to learn from the streets. I used to be an honorable student. Damn, then I turned to a beast. The first time I seen a nigga get some blood on his sneaks. He had on Air Max 93s, but was slumped in the street. His mama crying at this son to me. Oh Lord, this shit I'm doing for my hood, I won't get an award. I used to sell Reggie, then how I get to the Forbes. I take a shot if I miss, I'm getting on balls and quitting no more. Like, give me oh, some more. Man, okay, so story time. So <laughs> I didn't listen to Meek uh, when it dropped because I was sick. So when I got to when I got to work on Monday, I came in early and I played it. This was like eight fifteen in the morning, um, and it hit this record. And on everything I love, I teared up because when wow. he said went from selling Reggies to being on Forbes. Felt that. Felt that. <laughs> Felt that. Motivation. Man, let me tell you something about this Meek album, right? A, we're, we're all we're all music writers, mm -hmm. and everybody talk about, oh man, everybody's on Meek Dick now because da, da, da. I'm like, bro, you gotta understand the redemption, the fact that he was clowned is what makes the music sound exactly. so much better, though. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not. We people get this so twisted. Like, there's no need for anybody to be super loyal to any artist we're all writers we're all you're professional it's an even exchange system you make fire music i support it you don't make fire music i can clown it if mm -hmm. you have make clown moves i can clown it mm -hmm. and to not acknowledge that meek was making clown moves and he'll he'll tell you himself he was on drugs he was doing dumb shit like he was fucking you know putting out that that fucking weird undertaker <laughs> fucking response to drake and shit like that that was dark. like he was he was he wasn't making his best music he's fucking talking about his rollies the Aldemars, every fucking bar and shit like <laughs> we get it bro you like watches the, the motherfucker evolved. He went through some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's talking about stuff with substance for the first time in his mm -hmm. in his career. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to admit that he fucking flopped for a little while. It's okay to admit that Drake battle did some shit to him because now he's better than ever. You know what I'm saying? And to not acknowledge that doesn't make you a better fucking writer or more of a better fan. Like, it just makes you a fucking idiot. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, bro, like, it happens, bro. Like, this is hip-hop. Like, if motherfuckers have a battle and you take the L... Don't try and pretend like the L didn't happen just because he's back now. Like, the motherfucker took the L. He did. You know what I'm saying? And that's what makes the redemption that much better. So That's also just life, you know? It's Someone life. might just go through some years. They might get divorced. They might go through some weird phases. Yeah. Come back better than ever. Yeah, you, know, you need that. Great, smarter, whatever. Motherfuckers need Shout that shit, Meek. man. I think when you, will, did, you will always learn more in your L's than you will ever in your fucking victories. Mm -hmm. By far. Sex. Like, I've learned so much shit. Fucking up than I ever did when like shit was super sweet. Yeah, and, and then you look the that much better after the fact when you come back with confidence. Um, you learn. You live in your beat learn. selection though on this album is is out of control. Insane. Guru. Shout out to Young Guru, man. Shout out to Guru, man. The legend. I also, I also learned uh, that he doesn't write his raps, so he wrote this whole album off the top. Mm. So think about writing this song off the top. Yeah. <laughs> That dude had nothing but time, man. It's beautiful. Yeah, had nothing but time, and I'm Pitchfork glad. actually was pretty on, pretty dead on when they said that um, this is not a shot, but like Meek Mills were always more boring than they should have been. Mm -hmm. Like the way his voice is and how unique he is as an artist and everything. Mm -hmm. The production never matched. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, it always sounded like fucking mixtape music, right? Which right. is good in spades, but after a while, it's like, damn, dude, you're like an you're like an A list rapper now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that shit's got to match. You can't just be making the same fucking just like matching his tempo where he's at, what his flow is. So like they're starting to get there with this album, I think a lot. I mean, that's might be a guru thing. The single was just such a sign. Like that that single with that noodles and noodles. noodles. Yeah, that was just like oh shit, this is different. The Phil Collins thing was kind of yeah, yeah. In the intro, was that an intro? Yeah, yeah. But I love championships. This the title track. Play every morning. Cry a little. I love it. That's great chore music. Cry a little bit, Speaking bro. Chore music. That's great. <laughs> that's good chore that's music. Great. That's no, great it's, gym it's music. amazing gym music. It's good chore. Sure. Gym music. Yeah. What? Sure. Speaking yeah. of gym music. <laughs> All right. Kaz, anything uh, to leave off on? People should follow you. Anything God damn. You say? Follow me on Twitter at Real Life Kaz. Follow me on Instagram. Download the Station Head app when you get the chance to. Changing the way of music streaming. Uh, Duce Palooza, December 22nd at Hammerstown Ballroom. It's going to be a fucking amazing six-year anniversary of us doing this party. Uh, 
goddamn, watch Monday Night Raw and SmackDown every Monday and Tuesday. Nice. Uh, fucking tune in to Flagrant <laughs> 2 every Tuesday and Friday. And, Put your uh, byline on Paper Mag? Yeah. Oh, oh goddamn, yeah. Find me on yeah. fucking Paper Mag sometimes. Let's go. I still, the pen is not all the way dead, bro. Like, nice. I do all these fucking jobs so I could afford to still write. <laughs> I feel like it. That's so, great. That's love. Yeah, man. Uh, check <laughs> me out on Paper life. Mag. Check me out uninterrupted sometimes. Nice. Like, I just, I like to stay busy, bro. Nice. Stay busy. Fuck yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks for having me. We this out. is a fun show. I love to talk raps. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. Of course. Now let me go find my phone. <laughs> <laughs>